Welcome to the Iron Money Podcast. This is your host, Donnie Tudal. Today, we're going to talk about my requirements when I'm looking for powerlifting meets to go either compete in or take my clients to to coach them in. So for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a high-level competitor. I have clients that I coach in the sport of powerlifting all over the country and some out of the country. I am a meet director, so I run meets, organize meets, put everything on. Um, and then I'm a gym owner on top of that. So everything that I do is based around the sport of powerlifting. So I can say that I'm honestly a pretty good um, resource when it comes to like do's and don'ts, what is important, what actually matters, what doesn't matter. And uh, I want to line some of that out for you guys. So I probably travel for, I mean, last year, I think I traveled for, or this year, it's October. I've already traveled for nearly 20 meets. Um, and those meets have ranged in areas like, you know, Washington, Montana, Idaho, California, Texas, um, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. Um, there's, there's a few other, but there's been a lot of them and they've ranged um, you know, they've been in the USPA. They've also been in WRPF. I've also coached different lifters in the WABDL as well. And then I have had some clients who have competed in the USAPL, but I didn't get a chance to make it to those meets. So a lot of time spent on this. But when I am looking at where am I going to compete next, being me, Donnie Tudor, or where am I going to let one of my clients sign up to go compete these are the things that are important to me. First and foremost, refing. Um, there is a lot of back and forth on who has good refs, who has bad refs, who has the best refs, which refs are even really capable of making good calls, which ones are not. And every federation, you know, we have the best refs, blah, blah, blah. But Overall, there is a huge, huge downturn in the quality of refing that I am personally seeing, especially at um, local level meets, but even at some larger meets. And that's, that's disturbing to me because there's so much education out there, but so many people want to do it their way or they want to give it to the lifter or they just simply don't understand the rule book well enough to really administer proper calls as a ref and even run a meet. So there's different examples and things like that. Um, you know, I, I've been to meets where people who are six, seven inches high on squats and you're getting white lights from a side spotter or from a side ref. Um, but there's also meets where um, the front judge is calling depth when the lifter is obviously good to go from the side. And squatting is a huge area of concern just because, you know, squat depth, there's so much, there's so much controversy over it. And do we have to get to parallel? What is parallel? Do we have to break parallel? What consists of breaking parallel? Well, if you read your rule book, it lines it out pretty well. But that's one place where it's a big issue because it does impact things. Um, for example, um, we've seen, you know, Lifters take national record attempts, three in a row on deadlift, for example, with two national judges sitting in the chair. And 
each and every time they went on the platform and completed a deadlift without deadlift socks. And then they got gear checked and they were giving those records. And then on the last one, after the lift was complete, after the white lights were given, after the gear check is complete, they realized that they made a mistake, took the lift away, which is actually not even allowable in the rule book. After you give them the white lights, it's game over. You miss that. But that type of stuff right there can throw off a meat. It can throw off a lifter's meat. And with it being a newer lifter, while it is their responsibility to make sure that the right equipment, it's also the ref's responsibility to make sure the gear check is done correctly. Different things like that. Um, another place where refs will mess up, which is hard to deal with, is they, they will actually confuse commands or they will confuse different federation um, rules. And that is one of the reasons why, you know, you don't see a lot of USPA judges allowed to go to the WRPF and vice versa. Or it's very rare where you see USPA judges wrestling, refing in the USAPL, things like that. But if you go and you hit, let's say you are lifting to standards and you get called on something and you know you did a good job and you hit your depth on squat or you paused on bench or you know, whatever it may be. And then you got to alter your second attempt or your third attempt because of poor refing. And if you repeat it and you hit it, you're good. If you go up to your next attempt because you know you hit it, but it doesn't count. And then you miss that and you're only getting your opener, man, that's a huge fluctuation. And, and as a, you know, as a athlete, I'm not concerned about myself. I always squat bench and deadlift to specifications. Actually, I'm probably a little bit more strict on myself. Um, than other refs can be. But with clients sometimes, and we're leaving a lot up to those people, and it's their job to understand the rule book and understand how to administer it correctly. And when those things don't go correctly, um, it puts us in a spot to where six months of training might be blown because you sunk your your first attempt, you're opening around squat, did everything right, and then you get called on on depth from the side judge. And the front judge. Well, the front judge isn't even supposed to be judging depth. Well, sometimes they throw it out there because they think they see something, but you'll see quite often um, meet directors or even, you know, Steve Dennison go and address that front judge. Like that's not your job to call depth. And you get a mistake compounded by another mistake. And all of a sudden your lifters miss an opener. They got to repeat their opener or they got to go up and it just creates a, it creates a really hectic environment and it can absolutely sabotage unintentionally um, that lift, which can affect the rest of the day. If you're battling out for placing or if you're trying to go for all time things, which, you know, a lot of my lifters are in different categories, it can really affect it. But having clean judging where you know that when you break squat or break depth on your squat, you're going to get, you're going to get the right call for it. You know that you're going to get the bench press on the bench press. You're going to get the press command when you become motionless. So we train to be motionless on the chest and then get a press. And you know, while that's not as big of a deal, it can be irritating watching other lifters essentially touch and go as soon as the bar touches the chest and it starts to slow down, they're getting a press command and you're sitting there motionless and it's, it's not, you know, comparing apples to apples. Deadlift is a big one, though, because you get different lockout points. You get soft knees and, you know, across all three squat, bench, deadlift, soft knees, soft elbows. Those are huge issues because the position that you start in is where you're supposed to finish. And if you start with a slightly unlocked elbow or knee and then you finish fully locked out, that's a no lift. 
and especially after you've received a warning on it. So judges missing those type of things or not understanding what they're looking at or making an incorrect call, those things can really damage the success of a lifter on that day. So understanding, you know, as a lifter, or as a coach, um, it's easy to vet it out. You know, hey, um, I'm going to use somebody, here. let's say Chico, let's say Chico. Um, Chico runs the best meets in the country, so I can pick on him. Um, let's say you're about to sign up for a meet and you're looking at Chico's meets and you can go through and look at the lifters that have competed at their meets and you can go through the results and you can reach out to a couple of them. Hey, how was the refing at this meet? Um, I know Chico used a lot of the same people. He's out in the Columbus area. You know, did you feel the ref was consistent? And if they're at Chico's meets, they're going to be, of course. But you can do this with any ref. Um, Bobby Morgan in Texas. Uh, Rick Simmons down in Southern California. Um, you know, me and my group up in Montana and and uh, Washington. Um, Dave Stanslin over in North Dakota. I mean, you can reach out to these lifters and ask what they thought of the quality of judging. Was it by the book? Was it not? And then you got to make a decision. Do you lift by the book? as a lifter or do you cut it a little close and some people cut it close and you're playing with fire and some people are responsible and know or they're adults about it and they know that they're cutting it close but with fire you might get burnt um, other people are less mature about it but at least it gives you the opportunity to set yourself up to know what's coming so roughing is a huge piece next is equipment um squat and bench not as huge of a deal as far as plates go but when you are deadlifting a competition discs calibrated kilo plates they are much thinner and it does make a dramatic dramatic impact when you're pulling that weight off the ground because it comes off the ground quicker which means you get to lift more weight longer and if you have to adjust from bumpers or from iron plates or anything like that to those uh comp plates it does make a difference but making sure that you have you know if you're going to be squatting on a kabuki squat bar warm up on a kabuki squat bar or at least on a texas squat bar um i don't think that the squat and power bars are that dissimilar the deadlift bars are very dissimilar but you know make sure that you're warming up on as close to the same thing as you can now some meet directors will buy a squat bench deadlift bar and that's it and then they will have you warm up on you know um, CrossFit bars or whatever the, the global gym is that you're training or that the meat's being held at. And it's like, Hey, go warm up on those hexagonal plates with those beater bars and then come out here and do this. And it is a huge difference because I've done that before and it's, it's difficult. Um, that's why we invested so much money in getting four full sets of plates, combo racks, and then squat bench and deadlift bars. And it made a huge difference for lifters. And it, and we even down to the point where we put the same, style of platform with carpet with the same exact carpet in the back as what we're going to compete on so making sure that we have the equipment that we need to warm up on in order to have a good carryover um to the platform and that's something for you know if i have a newer lifter i'm not gonna put as much time in that i'm gonna find something convenient for them but if i have a, if I have a lifter who's been doing it for a minute and they're you know, trying to get pretty serious about it like i'm gonna be pretty picky about that because i want them to have the best success and for me personally, as long as I have the deadlift bar and the comp plates to at least deadlift with, I'm going to be pretty happy. The other things are not going to be as big of a deal for me personally, but but it does impact. The next thing is venue conditions. 
And when I say venue conditions, I'm going to say two things pretty specifically. Make sure the floor is flat. If let's say, let's say you are on the platform and the floor slants away from you. So it's like, if you're walking out of squat, you're like walking out backwards downhill. Well, that sets up a tremendous amount (laughs) of problems for you as a lifter. You can fall, walking it out, coming out of the hole on squat. You can actually get very out of position. Your hips can shoot or you can be stuck in a good morning position. Um, if it's slanted a little bit more, you're going to have one side loading more than the other. Same thing on bench. You're going to be pressing more um, for like a, a decline bench or an incline bench. And flat bench is probably going to be, you know, what you've been training for. So it's going to be very different. That can set you up for rotator cuff issues, things like that. And deadlift, I've watched some thousand pound, thousand plus pound deadlifters fall over backwards because the platform was slanted backwards. I watched the same people take steps backwards or get out of position on squat and watch uneven lockouts on bench because of uneven flooring. That's a big deal. Um, the other thing I'll look at when I am, you know, looking for me for myself and for my lifters is what is the, uh, you know, what's the humidity going to be like? We're in Montana. It's pretty dry. It does get cold, but we don't deal with a lot of humidity. So knowing that I was competing in Kansas city, Missouri, and it was going to be more humid than I'm used to. Coming from Montana, I spent a lot of time training in Georgia, in Tennessee, and Vista, California, just because I was traveling. But I made sure that my important days were hammered out in those adverse uh, environments and that I was sweating my balls off and that it was very uncomfortable and it was hard to deal with. But when it came down to it, it was very, very, very helpful. Um, I knew I was ready. I knew my body was acclimated at least to a degree, and I was in a much better position than if I went from, you know, no humidity to real humidity as an athlete. Those are two pieces right there. So what is the flooring like and what is, you know, the humidity? What is the uh, the climate going to be like? And there's going to be things that you can't control. I've gone down to Southern California to compete, and there happened to be like a monsoon that day, and it was cold as hell there. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just luck of the draw and everyone just reacts and deals with it. But if you can kind of control your environment a little bit on that, it's a big deal. I know not everybody has the ability to, you know, I own a home in Tennessee, then I have a place in Montana. And so I had some ability and I have clients flying me all over the world. So I'm even, or all over the country. So I'm able to travel the country and train these different places on other people's dimes because they're flying me out to coach them. I don't, I know not everybody has that opportunity, but when you are at a national meet, you can go train that night in the warm up area and just get in different training environments, lift without music, lift with weird music, different things like that. And it, it helps kind of get you ready for that. But when it comes down to it, probably one of the most important things for me, I will not go lift at, and I will not take my lifters to compete at a meet where I don't trust the meet director and their ethics. Um, you know, any national level meet, North Americans, nationals, worlds, things like that, you're in good hands. Um, that group does a very good job. And there's probably six meet directors helping out run Steve, one of Steve Dennison's meets. Or, you know, even when, when uh, Goggins ran the meet in Atlanta, um, there was a ton of help from Tronsky, from, from everybody. And everyone comes together. So you know you're going to have a pretty good event with things like that or a phenomenal event. But sometimes um, 
there is lesser value. There's lesser quality. And you'll see it across every federation, Wobble, WRPF, USPA, USAPL, RPS, any meat that, you know, you're going to see different calibers of meats being ran. And um, there's certain people, like if someone's just new at it and is struggling a little bit, that's one thing. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to show up, I'm going to encourage, I'm going to offer feedback. Um, I want to be as helpful as possible. I even help, you know, spot and load. I've done that at me. It's when, you know, spotters and loaders didn't know what they were doing necessarily. So I, in between my coaching reps, I jumped in, helped spot and load, gave them some feedback on it. And it was a, uh, it was a pretty good um, opportunity there. So things like that can be very, very helpful. But, you know, if you know me, directors are constantly button heads with their refs or calling lifters out or making dramatic pieces or, you know, encouraging um, geared lifters, people who take PEDs to compete in their drug tested meets and then giving them best lifter awards and things like that, making a spectacle out of it. Um, you probably won't see me or my lifters lifting in those meets because first off, if I'm bringing drug tested lifters to a drug tested, you know, event. And then there are people who take steroids there that are being, you know, that are winning and then being given extra awards for doing so when they're open about it. Like I'm not going to go around and do that when there's constant, you know, dissension between a meet director and a group of refs or things like that. And there's obvious tension on a platform. Um, you know, it's just, it's just not necessary to, to subject my clients or myself to, um, with all that. But if I can't trust that, when a meet director says platform ready at 9 a.m., that it's going to be ready to go at 9 a.m., that's really hard. Sometimes people are like, oh, 9.15 is good enough. Uh, will it be? Will it not be? Who knows? So making sure that you can trust your meet director and that they have ethics that you're in line with is a big deal for me and for my lifters. So it's going to take a lot for me to not show up or be unwilling to go lift in a certain area because I don't want to work with a meat director or, or I don't want to work with a federation or I don't want to deal with whatever it may be. Um, I love the sport. I love seeing people. So it's got to be a big deal, but there are places out there where I just won't allow my people to go. And I definitely will not go compete because I spend too much time, too much money, but too much effort in and have too much opportunity as a lifter to go and waste those opportunities on things that, are not really uh, in line with what I'm trying to do. So ask the questions. Ask about me directors. Ask about the refing. Ask about what they are going to have, you know, condition-wise. You know, all these things, they're just totally, totally acceptable for you all to reach out and ask these questions because these people are there to take care of you. These people are there to provide you a service, to provide a product that you are able to enjoy consuming. And that's a big deal. So if you guys got questions about this, by all means, hit me up. I love helping people. Like I've, I've helped people pick meets all over the country. Some that I don't even know. Like, hey, this right here, it's a great, it's a great person to work with. You know, you got you got guys all over the country. I'll name like give like five people. Obviously, any any head office ran meet is going to be fine. Um, Rick Simmons and Vista, you know, phenomenal. Um, let's see, you got Ashley South Bay Strength. They're doing a great job. They're really, really, really good people. They're for a different federation, but I trust the human beings that they are. Um, you got, let's see, you got Gary Brewery, you got Charlie out in um, Southeast United States, Alabama, Florida, that area. Um, 
you got Chico in the Ohio area. I mean, you got, you got just phenomenal human beings all over the country. Those are the people that I would rely on for me. So you got JP and KC, um, very good team around him. So you got people all over the country where you guys can go. And then obviously my group in Montana, we run very, very solid meets, very well refed meets. And we start and do everything exactly when we say we're going to. And uh, all these things that I lined out for myself, for my requirements of things that like I make sure happen on our platform. And I think all these other guys make sure happen on their platform too, but it's too easy to get the information that you need. So don't be afraid to ask ever. I hope you guys all have, you know, really, really good luck in finding your next meet, making sure that the opportunity is correct for you guys and you guys just have a blast with it. So until the next time I'll talk to you soon.